0: Welcome back to the Noggin Notes podcast. I am your host, Jake Wiscursion as always. And as always, the show is sponsored by Zephyr Wellness. It's a company that I co-own in Reno, Nevada, and also Sparks, Nevada, and also Lovelock, Nevada, which is where I'm recording this introduction today. Uh, if you want to uh, bump us from the sponsorship uh, mountain, you're more than welcome to. We will happily take your money to subsidize the show. And I am not Shamed in asking for help. So uh, feel free to, to reach out if you want to contact us for any reason, uh, you know, to give us money or otherwise. Um, ask questions, follow up, give us ideas for new podcasts. It's info at nogginnotes.com or you can go to info at org and shoot an email that way also. And uh, my office staff will make sure that I get it and uh, we'll, we'll bring your questions to the table at some point down the road. This particular podcast involves. Austin Beiler who is involved with Major League University and I'm not going to spoil it I'm just gonna let you listen to what he has to say Um, but we also ended up talking about CBD oil and spirituality and how human beings in general can realize their full potential by anchoring themselves in a belief system that uh, says that they matter and also answers the why to their what so without further delay I bring you my interview with Austin Byler, and I really think that you'll enjoy it. I know that I did. This is the Noggin Notes Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, this is the Noggin Notes Podcast, and we are speaking with Austin Byler of, uh, well, of, of many parts actually, but specifically Major League University. That's what uh, probably got uh, labeled on this uh as a title. Um, but you also do many other things. We'll get into those in a minute, but, uh, I don't remember. We, we met through a friend, uh, Jared Perkins, who is a good dude, and he works for another great, uh, company called Rand Corporation. Uh, they're, They do research on all sorts of really cool stuff, but uh, it's not about him. It's about you. And uh, I refresh my memory. You and Jared became friends because you played baseball for the University of Nevada Wolfpack baseball team, and he was a student intern at the time. Is that correct?
1: Yes. So he was a student intern my freshman year at the University of Nevada, and then ironically that summer he went to the same summer league team that I went to. So when Mm. we went to – when we went to that league we were able to kind of connect and and mutually met with our with our host family and kind of just kicked off our relationship from there but we started in in reno at the baseball field and ended up introducing me to you
0: that's cool <laughs> we here man so and i met jared here. i met jared through baseball also it was a, a amateur uh adult league baseball uh rec- recreational league baseball in reno and um he had you know, just had an interest and there was an available players list and I was putting together a team. So, so we all have that cool baseball connection, which I think is really neat. And, um, now you've developed major league university. You're originally from Arizona. Um, and then you went to Reno for school at the university of Nevada. And I want to give you an opportunity to tell your, your story a little bit. Uh, give, give us your journey as to how you got here. Cause you had a stint in pro baseball and have now retired at what the, the ripe old age of what, what are you? 26 or something he is yeah i want to be retired at 26 too i think think we all do but yeah man so give the story
1: yeah so basically growing up i grew up in peoria arizona so west side phoenix and growing up went to a school called sunrise mountain high school and came from a family of six there's six of us three of which are adopted so big family kind of took us by surprise and and I wouldn't change anything for the world, man. My family's amazing. But getting to the baseball store, going through high school, didn't really get recruited much out of high school. Had a few junior college offers. And then we were at a tournament in California, uh, spring of my senior season. And the University of Nevada's coach was there. And I'm like, man, that's cool. Like, it would be awesome to go to Vegas.
0: No, like, you did not. You did not do like, I had no
1: idea. And I was like, man, Reno, what's that? So I came on my visit, ultimately, uh, end of May. And ironically, it was 45 and sleeting. And I signed. And I'm like, man, I'm excited. Like, Let's go. So went to the University of Nevada, played under Coach Gary Powers for the first two years. So he retired after the second year. And then Jay Johnson, head coach at University of Nevada, took over. And got to play, had the opportunity to play under two really Unique, amazing head coaches who had a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom of the game. And not just the game, but life kind of set me up for that next opportunity. And thankfully, I got that chance to go play professional baseball um, twice. So my junior year, got drafted by the Nationals in the ninth round, decided to go back to school. Um, Thought we would probably had a good chance of winning the championship. Really loved the team, loved the coaching staff and the community. It was just a great fit. So I thought we had something special. Went back to school, got drafted my senior year after winning the Mountain West Championship and by the Diamondbacks, and played for the last three and a half years. So, hey,
0: that's a cool story. An interesting,
1: yeah, an interesting journey here in pro ball, and just retired here in May. So, moving on to that next chapter, man, just trying to give back to the community.
0: So, well, I want to get into that giving back to the community thing uh, in a minute, but I wanted to ask, as probably all of us who have looked, uh, gazed from afar, who never got their cup of coffee, um, what forces one from the game and into retirement at such an early age? Because you usually hear about people you know, languishing for years in the minor leagues until they get their big break, or at least they languish for, languish for years and then retire. But three and a half sounds short to me.
1: Yeah, definitely. So there was, there's, there's a few things that kind of go into it. The first is the passion. For me, I lost my passion. Um, the game was almost like a job. It turned into a job to me instead of a a fun, exciting event that I should have made it into, but just lost that passion. So that was one of the reasons of of why I retired. And two, never really got a chance to go back to affiliated ball. So after I got released from the Arizona Diamondbacks in March of this year, I went and signed an independent ball league, which is basically just another baseball league um, that's not affiliated with Major League Baseball. So it's a separate league. But it's still professional baseball. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So you're. So I went and played in a, a league in, for Schaumburg Boomers, and you know, just kind of being there, I just I realized that I need to start my life. I need to get out and and pursue new career, new passions, and that I had a lot to give. And I felt like I was almost being being held back. So you know, it's just kind of a, a life decision that you have to make sometimes. It's one of those critical times. Some people will call it a midlife crisis. For me. It was honestly the changing point in my life. It, it opened up a new chapter that's been the greatest six, seven months of my life now. So I can't even wait to see what the future holds.
0: That's really cool. And and the reason that if you're an active, avid listener of Naga Notes, and you're going, "What the heck are you doing talking to some you know retired twenty six year old baseball player? <laughs> um, isn't this a, isn't this supposed to be a mental health podcast?" Well, it is because a lot of what you do and what we do overlaps as far as uh, motivation and um, inspiration and guidance and you know just overall wellness and and you have a side project too that I want to get into in a minute but um, tell me tell me more about this giving back to uh, the, the the community type stuff
1: yeah so what our companies call is major league university so what we are is an online baseball training website focusing on the mental side of the game providing a blueprint for these athletes to, to really take off in their careers and in life, set them up for success in both categories because so many people are teaching the hitting sides, the, the throwing sides, and, and all the mechanics. But we believe that the mental side of your game is what separates the best from the best and the guys who are going to make it and the guys who are going to get weeded out.
0: So Absolutely. we want to
1: really bring that, bring that mental side of the game to – to the whole world but we're starting with these communities so reno and and doing camps with the high schools really trying to team up and and collaborate with different high schools and colleges and and travel ball organizations to to give them a blueprint to really help them out on the mental aspect of the game and, and set these kids up for life so we want to develop successful individuals in our society and we believe that this is a way that we can use baseball in our platform to do so
0: so you're not uh, pretending that you're going to send every kid to the big leagues. What you're really doing is setting up uh, kids for success in life in general and using baseball as a framework for that and, and, and through which you introduce these concepts. Is that, is that accurate?
1: Absolutely. One percent of all high school athletes ever get the opportunity to play in professional baseball, and only five percent of professional athletes who get released or retire – Get released or retire with a college degree. So it's wow. the, the numbers are staggering and it's it's really eye opening once I heard that. And that even that gave me more of a need to uh, kind of solidify what I was doing, man, just to, to get in there and, and help these guys, man, coach them up and, and, and give them the positive encouragement that we all need.
0: I'm. I I know that you're fledgling in this effort. You you barely launched it, and um, like even though the website isn't up yet, but you do have an Instagram channel. Uh, channel is that what they call them? I guess channel, right? Yeah, you got Instagram channel account. account? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's and it's Major League University with no spaces, no underscores. And so we I would encourage people to follow you guys because you're you're constantly posting new uh inspirational uplifting little tidbits uh similar to what we're trying to do with with this podcast and whatnot and i I'm curious now if you could inform the the listening audience as to how you plan to go about in involving yourself in multiple communities and then uh you know are are people paying for this service or are you giving it away for free? Uh, you know, what, what, what goes on? What are the mechanics of what it is that you're doing? And then a little, little bit, we'll get into some specifics that you can share so that people are, uh, they can leave this program a little bit better enlightened too with, with some tools.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. So, so all of our social media, um, I'm going to develop a podcast here in the next two or three weeks here and and a YouTube channel as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. More podcasts, more YouTube channels.
1: Yeah. We need it. Right. (laughs) More looking at the phone. Um, but yeah, I'm going to develop of So those are all like our free information Free free tidbits and all of that And then we're going to develop these courses That are online So there'll be courses on our website That you can, you can buy For X amount of dollars um, We haven't really decided the price yet But, but they're going to be these three part courses Really breaking down important aspects To the mental side of the game Such as developing core values uh, Developing your why Discovering your identity And we've we've discovered these three pillars that we really believe are are essential to success, not only in the game, but in life. And it goes with identity, perspective, and consistency. So if you can discover yourself, find out who you are, you can then begin to impact change in the world and and in your game and and develop yourself. So then once you change your perspective, your lens, the way you see the world, the way you see the game, instead of going up to the plate, man, I'm 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. No, I'm 0 for 3. That's fine. I'm 1 for 1. I have a chance to go 1 for 1. So we're trying to really give these guys confidence and 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 change their perspective on on the game and, and do it do this the mentally or do the mental side of the game
0: instead it's, of uh, physical. Yeah, it's it sounds like you're shifting almost into the spiritual if I may take a stab at it where you're talking about core values and you know, knowing who you are so that you can weather the storms of of uh, failure and success along the way and learn the lessons that need to be learned without uh, slipping into depression or you know, <laughs> anything that, that afflicts uh, professionals of any stripe. I mean, we're talking sports professionals, obviously, which is a very different kind of professional when you've got many eyeballs on you and you're performing in front of a crowd. And, and it's almost like being an, an entertainer because that's really what, what sports are. They're entertainment. And uh, when the pressure is on to perform, it's pretty easy to get sidetracked unless you're anchored in something that's bigger than the the performance that you're executing. And it sounds like you're you're dabbling a little bit into a, a spiritual concept there. I, am I wrong on that, or is that does that sound fairly close to what you're trying to do?
1: Yeah, definitely right on right on par, man. Because like just like you said, if you don't have a foundation, you really don't have anything. You don't have that base to go off of. So we're trying to really build up that. You could say spiritual and mental side of the game, um, just developing, like you said, those core values to really keep you grounded through the good and the bad
0: times. Mm-hmm. Remind why you're there. And I, I love that you said, you know, find your why. And we're not talking letter why. This isn't uh, Sesame Street. But the w, <laughs> W-H-Y, uh, because a lot of people know the what. And the what is, well, I want to be a big league ball player. I want to, I want to have a college scholarship. Uh, and that's fine, that's a what, but why are you doing it is super important. And I don't even want to throw out examples because I want people's minds right now to be open to, to what their own why is. So I can envision people driving around in their cars, uh, running on the treadmill, you know, working on the gym maybe, or just uh, sitting at a desk doing data entry or something else. And they're listening to this, and, and I want, you, I want the, the listening audience to be in a position to evaluate their own why. Why are you doing what you do? And ultimately, is it is it feeding your what, or is the what feeding the why? And then you're all uh, inverted, upside down, and backward. And to, to give a different analogy, it's uh, it's are you are you working uh, for your life, or are you living to work? And so. I think that I think that there's a a really cool framework to be applied here and i love I love what you're doing. I love that you're targeting high school athletes because so often they get wrapped especially these days i mean you and I are almost, like almost a generation apart and um I remember a time when there wasn't such a thing as travel ball which is crazy it wasn't that long ago it was like it was like thirty years ago there there just there just wasn't travel ball and then um a few years later there was and now it's like if you expect to play for the high school team, you'd better be traveling. And oh, by the way, the coach of the high school team runs the travel team. And you know, there's—it's almost like kids aren't even playing for fun anymore. They're playing because because. And um, and I think the re-anchoring them is crucial to that. And I, and that's the mental aspect. That's that's why it's a, that's why I wanted to have you on this show was because that's what we do with uh, psychological functioning, emotional management, spiritual uh, access. Uh, when when we ground ourselves and we're principled, it gives better decision making a chance. You're not doing things out of impulse or compulsion anymore.
1: Absolutely, man. You're spot on. That's amazing. Well,
0: I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, you're spot on, man. I'm learning from you. This conversation is helping me grow. So that's that's why I like being able to have the opportunity to come on here and and chat with you, man. Because you have a great outlook on life and and we're on the same page really trying to help people out and and give them a purpose man discover your purpose and realize that you are powerful you have a purpose and, and you have that why we do
0: we do, we all do and and one thing i like to say to people is that um you know if if a human being has done it it is therefore human nature and you being a human have that very same nature to do all things great and terrible now we don't necessarily want to focus on the terrible but in psychology and counseling we want to we want to at least pay attention to that because it means that we can have compassion for people. If I don't believe that I can ever be like you, then I'm not going to have compassion for you when you do bad things. But similarly, if I don't think I can be like you, I'm not going to achieve great things when I'm in the presence of greatness. And so with your uh, with your concept, with, with Major League University, I think that what you're trying to do is help people understand that they they can all achieve great things. I mean, we, we are we are treasures, uh, walking the earth. And I, I believe that there's divinity living within every human being. And if you're thinking about the divine, the divine has no limits. So therefore greatness exists in each one of us. And I love that you just said that. That's really great. I want to uh, take a quick break here and, um, we'll come back in a minute. We're talking to Austin Beiler of major league university. Uh, you're listening to the noggin notes podcast. Hey, we're back on the Noggin Notes podcast talking to Austin Byler of Major League University. But that's not the only thing that you do. Uh, One of the things that I found fascinating is that you and I had a conversation about CBD oil, which is a new, I don't know if we call it a craze, but it's definitely something new that's really sweeping the country as uh, cannabis gets legalized or at least uh, decriminalized in many states. It still hasn't done it at the federal level. Um, What we've seen is the, the byproducts of that Plant in the form of like hemp and non THC, and I'll let you explain all these acronyms and lingo to the listening audience. But we see non THC uh, CBD oil introduced, and this stuff is—I don't, I don't want to call it a miracle drug, um, but it's got a lot of—it's got a lot of potential that I think was heretofore. Uh, un, it was locked away because uh, when when drugs are scheduled in such a way by the DEA that they can't be researched, uh, we don't we don't know what they can do, and we don't get the benefits. And now that CBD oil is in the market virtually everywhere um, you and I had a conversation about it because you just happened to mention it. And I was like, Hey, tell me about that with regard to pets. Um, cause my dog had a problem. She, she's licking her paws and whatnot. And turned out it wasn't, it wasn't nervousness or anxiety. Like we thought uh, it, was, it was an allergy and she, she needed some anti itch stuff and, a, and an allergy medicine. But, um, I want you to tell us about CBD oil and how this plays into the overall holistic healthcare idea and maybe dispel some myths for people who may still have the idea in their heads that you know, boo hiss, marijuana is bad because the government tells me it's bad. I um, mean, you know, never mind that we have lots and lots of toxic drugs floating around that are you know approved by the FDA. But talk about CBD oil and why why CBD oil and why why are you selling it uh, through your your website here?
1: Yeah, Jake. Basically. With, with CBD oil, in 1937, there was the Marijuana Tax Act, and what that did was it put a ban on all hemp and marijuana products. So, hemp and marijuana plants are two separate plants. Hemp uh, hemp plants, they grow six to eight feet, um, sturdier, taller, the the marijuana plants are three to five feet high, they're more shrubbier, um, like a chubby tree, if you, if you could picture that, and... The marijuana plants, what they do is they produce THC. So that's the psychoactive effect. That's the effect that gives you the, the high feeling, the relaxed, ultimate uh, euphoric feeling. Um, CBD, there's no psychoactive effects. So what it does is we have CBD receptors in our brain and in our immune system. Define,
0: C- know, define CBD real quick. What is that acronym?
1: Yeah, so CBD is cannabidol. Cannabidol.
0: Cannabidol. Yes. Say that a bunch so, of times in the mirror. Yeah, say that ten times fast. And then, so gargle what cannabidol Is is it's an antioxidant and superfood? So it's found in
1: the stalk of the hemp plant, and when extracted, it's it's basically just an antioxidant super superfood that just helps your body regulate. Um, the endocannabinoid system is what produces these CBD one or these CB one and CB two receptors in our body, and when C, when supplementing CBD. The CBD binds to these receptors and allows that mind-body connection. And what I've found is being personally, just a, a little bit about me is I was on over four prescription medications over the last three years. And I was tired of this. And playing professional baseball, it was affecting my day. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't functioning well. I was all loopy, tired. I just wasn't my best self.
0: From from the drugs, so you I, mean?
1: Yes, I felt like it was a cause of the drugs that I was on. And I said, you know what? I heard about CBD oil before, about two years ago, and I turned my head. I said, whatever. Uh, It's cool, but not for me. A year went by. I was tired of these prescription drugs. I said, you know what? I'm going to give it one month, and my grandma and grandpa, I'm going to make them give it one month because it's known to help with neurological diseases. And I was like, okay, this is cool. After three days, I called my mom and I said, Mom, I'm done with my prescription meds. Like, We can throw them out. Like, I don't need these anymore. Like, I found it. And from then on, it was about seven months ago, and, and I've taken it full circle, man, just, just really trying to, to share my testimony and, and help people live a better life. Realize that you don't have to be on prescription medication, and, and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to go get help somewhere else in, in the naturopathic way. And yes. it's something that actually works—it's not just a vitamin C. It, it, it actually works and, and helps your body regulate.
0: What are the effects that you're seeing uh, through the, the the discontinuing of your your uh, psychotropic medication and your um, introduction of CBD oil? What are what are some comparisons and contrasts and in your own personal awareness?
1: Yeah. So two main ones for me: one, sleep. That's the biggest one. I can sleep every night. I, I don't wake up in the middle of the night. I can count on two hands since the end of May, the amount of times I've woken up in the middle of the night. And then that's just to go to the bathroom. So it's it's been incredible. I, I, I will always vouch for that part. So the sleep, which has impacted my energy and in my overall mood. It's Whenever I use it, I use it in the morning, um, just in an applicator, so it's just a little paste. And when I use it, it just it helps your mind experience that mental clarity, it clears that fogginess. And it's a hard experience to really, to really explain because you're not high. You don't have any psychoactive effects like the THC, it's, it's non psychoactive. You just feel good. Your body
0: feels like it's at balance again. And the body produces this, correct?
1: Yes, it's naturally produced in the mother's breast milk, which is incredible to me when I heard that. And it's not released unless supplementing CBD. And before 1937, the animals and, and the crops and everything that we ate had CBD because the, the, the cows and, and the cattle and all that were eating the hemp plants, and then we were eating the cows. So we were getting all of this in our diet naturally. And once they banned the, the production of hemp in America – they started making the high processed foods, high fructose corn syrup, all that. And look at the change in, in the diet, one, and the neurological diseases in our world. and cancer, it's unbelievable. The, the, the shift is, is incredible, and it's it's only getting worse. And it's sad because I believe that part of this could have been helped with the supplementation of CBD
0: and the allowance of it. No kidding. That's, that's fascinating. I, and as you... You're talking, I typed into uh, the Google machine um, Cannabidol, and if you're interested, it's two N's, C-A-N-N-A-B-I-D-I-O-L, and I'm just scrolling the Wikipedia page, and it's a very long Wikipedia page. There is not a shortage of uh, authorship on Cannabidol. Um, But now that you're talking about how it was removed from the food supply, more or less, because the crops were eradicated and I've I got to imagine part of that is just the the production of farming and the elimination of intrusive plants that were seen as not beneficial. Um, it, it would it would make sense that as we shifted away from natural foods, not only would we lose the the C B D, but we would um gain if I could put that in air quotes, gain a lot of <laughs> Uh, chemical enhancements such as preservatives and, um, you know, and hormones uh, and that kind of thing that are probably not the best for our bodies anyway. Are you, when you, when you work with these students uh, in the schools regarding the major league university and the, the mental training, are you crossing over into the CBD realm with their parents at all? Cause I think is, I don't quote me, but I believe you have to be 18 to buy this stuff, which makes no sense either.
1: Yeah. That makes no sense to me when, when the reason that we're even having this, this discussion is because of a Brazilian baby who was having over 150 seizures a day and used cannabinol, and boom, went now she has none. So the impact of that on a baby, and it's frowned upon from the federal government, which is just, it's horrific to me, but that's just how it is. We've got to overcome and persevere. Um but yeah, it's just just along those lines, um, I don't I don't bring it up when I go into any of these high schools or any of the talks. It's completely separate. The major league university, uh, major league university is its own thing. But what I will say is, the reason I do both of these businesses and the reason that I will never stop, I will continue to push this because I want to impact change in the world. I want you and you and you, whoever's listening, to really discover how powerful they can become and that there's natural products to help because I was a victim. I was medicated. I was self-medicating. I was doing everything I could to feel better. And the one thing I wasn't doing was changing myself and working on myself and applauding myself every single day. And now that I've realized that that's what I got to do to be able to, to hold myself to that high standard to help people. Cause I can't go into an FCA event with, with, 15 to 30 children, um, in high school and preach something that I'm not doing.
0: Explain uh, FCA real quick.
1: Yeah. So FCA is fellowship of Christian athletes. It's just a a Christian sports group that, that helps students and athletes really find Jesus and, and find themselves. Uh, and it's just a great resource for any students out there that are playing sports and, and, and need a safe place to go, man. They do a lot of stuff in the community, and it's it's an amazing organization. So I definitely attend. There's a, a big event in Flagstaff, Arizona, every summer. So I attended it last summer, and uh, man, I'll never go back after going there. Or I mean, I will always go back. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I will always go back because it was incredible. Just seeing these students and high school kids and and then having being vulnerable having conversations not just looking at your phone and snapchatting a picture with a few words and an emoji to a friend like having a real conversation with other students growing that was oh my gosh that's what's inspired me to do both of these businesses
0: you are. Uh, I interrupted you, and I wanted you to continue about the whole being um, as the train goes by outside the window. Uh, this is this is the art of uh, amateur podcasting in Lovelock, Nevada. But um, I you I interrupted you. You were you were on a roll, and I apologize for that. Um, you wanted to say when you go to these FCA conferences, you want to be able to, and it sounded like deliver a message of some kind of humanity
1: <laughs> oh yeah you're fine man no I just when I go to those those speaking events I take it seriously it's like stepping in onto a major league field for my first at-bat of the season like I am nervous I am pumped I'm all these emotions are going through but it brings back that that passion and it's something that I found that I will do forever and, and it's not like I'm getting paid you know it's, it's a service it's something I enjoy doing and i I feel like giving value to somebody else, if one person takes something out of what I said, out of my story, out of out of anything in that room, that's enough for me to, to hang my hat up and, and be proud of.
0: Well, I did because you just gave me a new perspective on doing what I do because I think that uh, sometimes as clinicians, we can certainly slip into a rut and I try not to do that by, by having my finger in as many uh, pots as I can to keep myself sharp. Um, you know, and continuing education, supervision, you know, um, active uh, client load, uh, running a business, podcasting, all that stuff. But you just shifted my perspective on something. When you say that when you walk into a conference to give a, a talk, um, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, that you treat it like you're stepping into into the box for the first time in the season and you get that thrill and you're nervous. I um, I just realized that in my own life I think a lot of I've lost a lot of passion and I've forgotten that perspective that 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 it is important work and it is a service and um so thank you for motivating me you probably didn't even realize it but right then and there I, I I was like yeah that I know I know that feeling I played baseball for a long time I know exactly what he's talking about where is that in my professional world and I and maybe if the listeners are hearing this you can take the same type of attitude to your job and it sounds it sounds honestly it sounds like a bumper sticker right it sounds really cliched and played out you're like treat every you know data entry as your i don't know what data entry is on my mind but <laughs> treat, treat every data entry like you're stepping into the batter's box of a major league baseball game it's like okay buddy you know we're rolling our eyes um but i think that that speaks to the why and if you don't have Uh, values and, and you're anchored in a mission of some sort that's greater than you, it's really easy to lose perspective and slip into that rote mundane. I'm just here collecting a paycheck with my, you know, you know, trying to get, you know, trying to avoid Cheeto dust from falling on my computer as I type, you know, so, and, and that's, and that's sad. I want, I I think that both you and I want people to have purpose and they want, uh, and we want people to have meaning in their lives. And, um, and it's, I, I just appreciate that message. That really, that really resonated with me. It came through, and I and so there's your one person. If nothing else, uh, if nobody else listens to this podcast and, and it has affected, at least you and I are helping each other. So high five through the microphone virtually. I'm um, giving you nux. Nux is good. Uh, so I want to take another quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll. I want to I want to bring up something that caught my ear just a second ago, but uh, that's that's called a tease, and we're gonna we're gonna leave the audience hanging, and we'll address it after the break uh and listening to the noggin notes podcast with guest austin byler all right we're back with austin and uh, major league university and he's talking about cbd oil and he just dropped that he's a uh, christian and contributes to fellowship of christian athletes Help. Uh, students, student athletes find Jesus, and I teased at the break. I was going to bring something up, and that's actually what I'm going to bring up: is how could you be what appears to be that far flung, all over the map? You sound like either a Renaissance man or somebody who can't find himself. Uh, and I and I know I know you a little bit, and I like you a lot, and I think it all weaves together in my mind. But how do you reconcile that when you're like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm selling hemp oil, and um, I. I've got this foundational, um, organization that teaches kids how to be mentally present for their sports. And I retired from baseball at age 26. And I also help people find Jesus and spirituality, uh, like what else do you do? <laughs> but then also, uh, oh, and by the way, I, you know, I'm, I'm recovering from, you know, uh, my own mental illnesses and, you know, <laughs> substance use struggles. It's like, okay, so you're really dynamic. We get that. Um, but but help help reconcile this. Like to, to to the random listener, it's probably like who who are you? Can help me put a label on you? And I'm a big fan of not labeling people and I can talk more about that later. But tell tell me, like, how who are who's Austin Byler?
1: Yeah, man. So so Austin Byler is is an individual who is selfishly trying to be unselfish. So I wanna I wanna provide as much value to humanity and, and all three of these pillars that I've been Thankfully, lucky enough to to be incorporated with and included in, have helped me impact humanity in a positive way. And and my overall purpose is to really help people discover how powerful they could become. Because I was lost. I had it, on the outside it looked like I had everything. Playing major league baseball, I was just an all star. My very first season in professional baseball, after winning a championship in college, um, a conference championship, and having a really successful career there. I was on a high man. I was, I was on a cloud. I couldn't be touched, but inside something was missing and I didn't know what it was. And what I realized is one, you've got to be grounded. And if you have that ground base and in my opinion, that's your spirituality. So helping these athletes and students really find Jesus is something that is, is close to my heart because if you don't have your spirituality in line, whatever that may be, whatever you believe in, if you don't spend time in that you're lacking in an area, and what I found was I was spending zero time in that. But I was spending all this time at the cage, all the time at the field, really working hard. I'm a hard worker, but I wasn't working on myself and providing value to myself, complimenting myself for that. So when I say my purpose is to help people discover how powerful they become, it's it's if, if I can help you change yourself in a positive light and see yourself in a positive way and a new positive lens, then you're able to then go affect one other person. And this domino effect starts to take place where all these people around you start to really believe that they can do it. That they see they're starting to see their vision, they're seeing seeing what gives them value in their life and you're starting to inspire people. And and that just gives me so much passion, man, gratitude. I'm so thankful for that opportunity. So that's why I'm all over the board, man. But for me I don't even see it that way. I see it as one big group, providing value to humanity and, and giving back to people allowing them or helping them find themselves and live their best life.
0: In my profession, uh, and, and in others, there's bi- biologists talk like this too. It's called the dialectic. It's the, it's the both and. It's not an either or. And I think in a in a society that is very quick to reach for certainty in the form of a label that they can place upon someone so that they can pretend to know all about that h- human who has so much potential as we just, you know, discussed in the beginning, you got, you got unlimited power. You've got unlimited potential. If you believe you're a divine being capable of everything. Um, and yet society is placing a label on you that boxes you up and limits that. I think it's, it's really, it's really refreshing to hear someone talk like you talk and say, yeah, I can be all these things. What of it? (laughs) And then it you know, puts the onus back on the on the, the person trying to do the labeling to go, uh, well, I guess I have to try to reconcile what I wanted reality to be with actual reality. as it's presented, and I think the message in there is that we don't want to define. We don't want to define human beings because, as as a mentor of mine once said, "to define is to confine," and we don't want to confine people. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't doesn't help advance humanity. It doesn't help people grow. It doesn't help spread you know love and and um, and encouragement and and you know help people realize their potential. Uh, my my question back to you, and I'm going to phrase this. Uh, in a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to package this a little bit differently. Is um, before I get to the question, let me pack, let me do the packaging. So, I really like that you're actively advocating for people to find spirituality. Yours happens to be Jesus, and I assume it's Jesus Christ and not some dude named Jesus down the street. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Son of Man. So, um, I think really rarely uh, and. And especially in in my field of psychology counseling uh, that's driven by postmodernism that suggests that everything is a construct of a construct and there is no anchoring truth, Um, it's really hard to advocate actively for a particular spirituality. Um, I know that in in my understanding of Christianity is that there's this, uh, this, this something called a great commission where Jesus, uh, commanded his disciples to go out and make, make converts basically. And I know that that undergirds a lot of what Christianity is where you go out and like you're actively recruiting and it doesn't necessarily exist in other major world religions, um, but i i think that the the active pursuit of spirituality is not to be overlooked and the idea that you must ground yourself in something is is of paramount importance and i see that day in and day out in the counseling profession where people who are uh ungrounded unmoored if you if you will are subsequently adrift and when they're adrift they have no meaning in life when they have no meaning they, it's hard to find value and purpose in the things that they do and when they don't do that they come up with mental illnesses you get you got anxiety disorders and, and uh, depressive disorders and all sorts of stuff and and uh, drug addictions and alcoholism and and eating disorders and it's just a whole bevy of things and and all of it can be traced back to somebody who is largely uh, unprincipled and doesn't know why they do what they do. And uh, so I preach a lot of intentionality. I certainly educate on emotional functioning, but my question to you is, um, how did you pick this particular spirituality? And then how do you communicate that to others in a society that says you don't need it? All you need is, um, you know, fluff or, uh, pleasure rather than, uh, joy you know how, how do you do that and how did you how did you pick that particular uh you know the jesus path yeah so it all started
1: about three years ago uh two years ago actually it was about two years ago my little sister said i want to get baptized but i won't do it without austin and marcus marcus is my other brother and i said uh I don't know. <laughs> I was just real nervous, you know. Like I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't in Jesus. I wasn't in the Bible.
0: So, so your family's, your family's your family didn't didn't raise you that way.
1: We were raised that way initially, and then honestly, travel ball took over. Man, baseball took over our lives. So every Saturday and Sunday, we were in a new city, a new place, playing a tournament.
0: Wow, and it almost sounds like a spirituality. It almost sounds like a divorce. Like like you know, yeah. husband, husband gets carried away with work, wife gets carried away with work, and they they quote unquote lose each other until they find something else. And you found probable
1: exactly and it's like it's it's very interesting to me and and that's just kind of the society that we live in now which is sad but we can only hope to change it and something that i found is is i always want to give something a try and i want to give it a chance and see if i experience any results and i'm not going to be biased or skewed and that's so hard to do because we all want to judge our first appearance and then shut it down like boom it's done so i said you know what i'm like i I'm missing something in my life there's there's a part of me that's empty You know I feel decent about myself but but somewhere inside like something's not right there's a chain that's unlinked, and I started to kind of dabble into the word and 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 read the Bible with it all started going just attending a, a Friday Bible study one year ago, actually almost today, like within the last couple of days any time that like one year ago and started with that so i was just getting encouraged for about two months three months into spring training i would show up to 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 chapel and then what i started to notice was as i started to get more into the word my days were a little more um at peace My, my body felt better my mind felt better my whole day was just getting better so i said you know what i need to do is every day i need to be grounded just like we talked about earlier i need my base and and i need to set that up so I started to dive into the Word every morning, and that, mind you, after five months of dabbling with the Word, I finally actually was able to get to the point to to discipline myself and do that. And what it did was it changed my life because when you have your spirituality and set, set in stone, feeling good, like your morning, your day is so much more productive because you found who you are. You know that you're not alone. You know there's somebody else there with you. And, and I truly believe that 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 Jesus is there for us, that he believes in us and that he wants us to achieve the world and everything that he set us out. He's made us all unique. We're all unique and different. I'm different than you, as as Jared Perkins is different from both of us. But we all have something unique and amazing to bring to society. And when you find that light within you and ground yourself in your spirituality, your life is just it's a constant progression, man. It's it's amazing.
0: That's really cool to hear. And and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged just listening to that. And and the one thing that was popping in my head was vulnerability. You had to be vulnerable enough to examine yourself to the point that you recognize that something needed to change. And I, and I know that's super true in, in the counseling profession when change is just so hard because people have been doing things for a long way in a certain pattern. And then even recognizing that pattern is not effective anymore is very challenging, but then letting go of it and embracing something new is even harder. Um, what would you say to somebody who, who yes buts that and says, yes, but I don't believe all of the Bible, or yes, but religion has caused lots of problems across time, or yes, but I don't think that that's for me, uh, you know, wh- how would you respond to the yes buts?
1: We've all been there. We've all been at the yes, but stage. I've been there. Um, I'm sure every preacher in the entire world has been there, whether it was at three years old or 25 years old, and the opportunity to give something a chance. And and there's no better feeling, Jake, than investing in yourself. And when you can invest in yourself and give it a chance, give the word a chance, maybe find a spiritual leader, show up to church one time and just see how you feel, see what what comes to mind um what thoughts are provoked what what you feel inside of that place and if you feel safe whatever it is um give it a chance and we've all been in that stage where we want to deny it where we want to overlook it i don't have enough time or my sundays are are very crucial to me and and it's something that that people can really build off of when they discover that when they when they give it a chance and then give it a try
0: and you're talking about an honest chance, not a not a box checking rubber stamp chance where you go, well, uh, I didn't like church when I was growing up. So uh, I'm, I'm only going to go. But, uh, you know, the confirmation bias takes over and they say, see, I knew I wasn't going to like it. They made me wear a name tag. <laughs> um, you're talking yeah. about an honest chance that and, and I could say the same for counseling. Somebody comes in and gives it an honest chance. You have to be vulnerable and you have to trust and you have to trust that. Whatever you're leaving behind, which is obviously what prompted you to go check the thing out in the first place that was new and that you're going to explore, that the thing you're leaving behind is inherently worse than whatever you're going to embrace. And, and believe that uh, the people who are inviting you into that, like I'm inviting people in to check out their own emotional functioning and their, their mental status and, and find peace, you're inviting people to check out their own potential and, and their brilliance and, and their amazing inner strength. Uh, that they could inherently believe that that's better than whatever they're gonna give up to get there, um, and, that, and I think that's key. Is that like you gotta you gotta give the thing an honest chance, not just not just a intellectualizing chance. Like ah, see, I did it, it didn't work. Um, uh, you know, you preach consistency, I preach consistency, and and if you go, well, I tried that and it didn't work. Well, that, that's not consistent.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, you've gotta you've gotta step back, and, and the thing is that people need to realize is. You might get knocked down. You're well, actually no, you're going to get knocked down, but you might get knocked down more than other people. Mm-hmm. I've been knocked down a lot, man. I've been I've been I've had, I've had times where I've questioned it, where I've questioned what I'm doing, and it all comes back to finding yourself and your identity and, and being grounded in your spirituality because you know who you are. You know you were made to be different. You know you were made to be unique and powerful and, and a light in this world to provide value. And when you know that and understand that and believe that because it's one thing to know that, oh yeah, Austin says this, like yeah, I know that, but whatever, you know, I'll check the box. Um, no, like, believe it. Say it to yourself. Tell yourself you're a beast. I tell myself every day, I'm a beast for at least three minutes because I know that I need to tell myself that every day to truly believe it and shift my focus, shift my mindset.
0: Did you struggle with uh, confident, lacking confidence I
1: struggled with social anxiety. So, Hmm. yes, it results in confidence in social settings because in a game, I was the most confident. Like I believed that I could still play in the big leagues right now. But the problem was is when I would get in situations with other people, I would almost bring myself down and kind of hide. You know, shrug the shoulders, sink down instead of stand out and, and, and be proud of who I am
0: to so me my clinical ears are picking on the i'm the, uh, picking up on the i'm the beast thing i am a I am a beast and it, that sounds like it's done specifically to build one's own confidence or belief in oneself and so i figured there was probably something missing there uh that you're 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 building yourself up to be that that confident person and that that kind of that fits i guess yeah
1: yeah, absolutely, man. Just, just telling yourself—the more you tell yourself, the more you're actually going to believe it—and it's those positive affirmations. Just keep reminding mm-hmm. yourself.
0: It's hard to believe that somebody who played sports in front of thousands of people would struggle with being around people. What, <laughs> what, what, what might—I mean, you know—I'm not—I'm not being glib here, or cheeky. I mean, like that, that's crazy to me, but it makes complete sense that you would. Obviously suffer <laughs> if that's what's yeah. required. Uh, being on stage, you know. But what would you say to somebody who says, "Oh, I suffer from social anxiety. I'm I'm a I'm a beast at work, but I'm not at the you know the office uh, cocktail party." What, what would you say to those people?
1: Yeah, man, and stick your chest out, stick the shoulders back, stick your chest out, and be confident in who you are. It all goes back to that identity and, and being confident in your own beliefs and your values that you set out for yourself, and. And if you're, if you're thriving in one area, maybe take that attitude that you have in that area, whether it's your job or, or a different position or the army, and you're, you're a beast there, but you just feel weird in a social situation. Take that same mentality that you have at your job or whatever to your social life and, and be there intentful, or be intentful is what I'm trying to say, and, and be present in that moment. And You're going to realize that the more present you are and the more you listen to others, the more people are going to be willing to open up to you and have valuable conversations
0: that intentionality is key and I, and I love that you use mentality and you didn't use proof no we don't need proof that you're good you need the mentality that you're already good and so when you take yes. the you know you're I'm, I'm good at my job but I'm not good in social circles circles or whatever you say well I'm going to take the same mentality in there and it, and it sounds a little bit like you're faking it till you make it and I would say yes absolutely you are you're definitely <laughs> faking it um, but you're not faking it based on nothing what you're faking it in that situation is based on a different situation. So you already have the talent. We already, we already know how to do it. It's just applying it to a different circumstance. And that's, and that's actually easier said than done. And as we know about habit building, once you do something the first time, it's easier to do it again. And then easier the third time. and still easier the fourth. And before you know it, you're, you're a beast in social circles too. Um I, I love that you said that. Bring the mentality in. Um yeah, we're not asking for evidence. You know, like oh every time I talk to girls they 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 shoot me down. It's like that's fine. Yeah. But every time you talk to your boss you get a raise. So like <laughs> let's translate that. Well, I'm gonna wrap this up because we're uh we're approaching an hour here, I think, and um I just I just appreciate the heck out of you. This was a, this is really cool and um I'm, I'm glad to have had the conversation um sad that you're out of Reno uh but you know when you come back again we'll have to get a beer and uh I'm I'm glad that you're you're back home enjoying Christmas and uh you just uh you have a girlfriend in dental school is that right
1: Yes dental school and she's in San Francisco so I will be yeah. moving there within a month
0: <laughs> Wow cool wedding plans yeah,
1: man. Uh not yet we're going to wait till she's out of school so yeah. she has got a year about a year and a half left
0: that's awesome, man. You got a lot going on, and I, I'm really, uh, I'm really impressed with you. I'm glad we met, and I'm, I'm glad that we uh, are able to bring this uh, light to the, to the world because sometimes the world can be dark. And as long as you're out there doing your thing, um, I think that people will be, uh, will be in less darkness. Um, so thanks, thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. Any uh, absolutely, man. It's always weird wrapping these things up. was you know, any last words, it feels like I'm, I'm. I'm about to hang somebody (laughs) it's like my farewell tour man i'm done um
1: yeah and i just want to give a huge shout out to you jake and and Naga notes and and zephyr wellness man all that you guys are doing for the community and and for this world is amazing we need this um people need you and and your whole your office every employee anyone who has anything to do with what you're doing in your movement should be very proud of themselves and, and, and applaud themselves every day because it's, it's an amazing movement we need bold uh, vulnerable people to, to step into these roles and to really provide change and help in this world and, and you guys are doing that so thank you Jake for having me on man and it's a pleasure to meet you and, and we're for sure having some beers when when
0: I'm back in the Reno area <laughs> you make me cry um, <laughs> Thanks uh, and and uh, so on behalf of Austin Byler Major League University, CBD oil everywhere um, <laughs> the Noggin Notes team and my Zephyr family uh, thanks for listening to the Noggin Notes podcast we'll catch you again in a week